Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, what's up? This is JK coming at you directly with the Big Three Fan Podcast, where we talk all things Big Three and Big Three related. So today's podcast is brought to you by Territory. Taste more of life. Great tasting, great for you food made for folks who eat, move, and live intentionally. We work with the best local chefs who craft each meal in their own restaurants and deliver them fresh and ready to eat at your convenience. Check us out at TerritoryFoods.com. Tons of stuff to get into today. Championship, runners-up game, the stars that showed up, the show that was it, the big three, the awards, the stat leaders, what's next. Tons of really good stuff to get into, so let's do it. All right, so, so much good stuff happening this weekend with the big three. There was a lot of other stuff happening as well. I mean, the Mayweather-McGregor fight was crazy. Everybody was amped up about that. Turned out to be a great fight. Awesome. Took place uh, over there at the T-Mobile Arena where uh, these guys were originally going to uh, have the big three uh, championship. Everything shifted around a little bit, but bottom line, great fight. And, uh, you know, kudos to the big three for uh, making that uh, switch an easy thing uh, for that bout. So what are we going to talk about today? Of course, the championship, like number one, uh, what a game, close game, uh, but uh, also just very entertaining, which is what we love to see about the big three. That's one of the things we just love about the big three, period. So inaugural season, complete Tons of really amazing stuff uh, throughout the season that led to this championship. And bottom line, Trilogy pulled it off. They pulled off the undefeated season. They pulled together a win in what was certainly a back-and-forth game. Uh, Close matchup. Uh, First half deficit. I think they were down by 11 to the three-headed monsters, but ended up pulling out a win 51-46. to Rashad McCants uh, ended up uh, getting the big three uh, championship MVP, scoring 22 points, and that included uh, the last few points to clinch the title. I think he scored the last five points. So again, Trilogy finishes the season at a perfect 10-0 record. That team was comprised of Al Harrington, Kenya Martin, Rashad McCants, James White, and Dion uh, Glover. Coach, of course, former bad boy, Pistons enforcer, Rick Mahorn. And really the game was, um, it was it was buzzing. I mean, that, that entire uh, arena was um, packed. So MGM Grand Garden Arena. Uh, I think there was something like 82, 8,300 people there in person. And then uh, Fox was carrying it live. And I think there were like a ton of folks watching, like, you know, millions of people watching. It was really good coverage for them. But uh, as I mentioned, um, Trilogy was able to to pull it out of the three-headed monster. So big ups to them um, raising that championship trophy. Uh, you look at the, the effort that both teams put in. It was extraordinary. Um, if you watched it, uh, awesome. If you didn't, go back and check out the game. Really exciting game. Lots of back and forth again. And um, yeah, Trilogy with the win. So congrats to that crew. What's interesting and that I had heard 
uh, about what happens next with regard to the teams themselves is that when the team wins the championship, they're able to keep that entire team intact, right? So that's like one of the benefits of winning the championship. And every other team, as I understand it, I think has to send one player back into the draft pool. Then they'll be redrafted uh, by other teams. So that's an interesting distribution of, of talent like throughout the, the league to keep things competitive. A really kind of cool, interesting innovation. I need to think about it you know, a little bit more and see how it plays out uh, to talk about it in a little bit more depth. But, but I'd heard that. I thought, wow, that's a, that's a really interesting way to redistribute uh, talent. Now, most teams are, I think, going to be able to choose who they send back into the draft. But these are small teams, and uh, I guess they're going to send the player they think is, is the weakest. Uh, but some of these teams got some pretty strong players. So I think it's, a, it's just an interesting approach to balance uh, talent. So uh, other stuff uh, related to that particular game is that um, Fox, uh, coming out of it, I think has, has indicated that they are going to pick up um, the second season. Now, I don't have all the details on that, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what the organizers of the league said about it, but, but that's pretty cool. So that's another thing that came out of that. So uh, who, who uh, won the runners-up game? Now, I was thinking that it was actually going to be a game uh, not – necessarily like for third place, but rather that uh, the bottom four teams in the league that uh, played out in Seattle were going to come and, and, you know, kind of compete again. And that that was going to be like the consolation bracket. But that was not the case. What they did was they ran a more you know traditional, and I think it makes sense, uh, runners up bracket for third place. And um, what it was, was the ghost ballers against power, now, two really great teams all season. Uh, and this was the determining game for third place. So exciting game all around. Um, Ricky Davis uh, came out there, scored 22 points uh, for the Ghost Ballers, who at the half were up by five points. And Power hung in there, but truthfully, Ghost Ballers just really controlled the game from there. And so um, uh, Ghost Ballers end up um, pulling out the win and uh, Mike Bibby had um, you know great game. Um, Davis, Ivan Johnson, the whole crew really put uh, a, a good game together. Uh, you, you may know that Bibby led the big three this season in assist, uh, and has really been um, demonstrating you know why he was and is a uh, you know great point guard. So six assists, I think, in that game. Uh, and it was really, you know, again, they never really looked back after halftime, but power kind of, they, they hung in there and kept themselves in it like they had a shot, but it was clear that the ghost ballers were in control. So they finish the season, I think it was five and five and powers four and six, uh, after the, those top two, uh, teams, the records kind of, you know, fell to uh, much more parody. Right, so uh, Ghost Ballers take third, essentially, in the league with uh, a record of 5-5 five and five to close out the year. But there were tons of folks out there to see this, right? Tons of people watching on TV, uh, tons of people in the crowd, 
tons of stars came out. Of course, we've we've seen this before, but uh, the crowd included um, Evander Holyfield, Jeff Gordon, Terrell Owens, uh, Fifty Cent, uh, Flav Flav. What's up, uh, Tyga? Uh, Jeezy, Tyrone Liu, like all kinds of folks, you know, NBA players, of course, um, have been huge uh, fans of the big three and watching. Dana White was there. Again, we talked about the the fight, the McGregor-Mayweather uh, fight, and Dana was out uh, promoting that, obviously. Uh, but he was there. He took some time out in the afternoon to go check it out in Vegas. So uh, there was also great entertainment at the half. Um, I say great entertainment. I think it's all all... Every single game, every single stop has been, you know, really good entertainment. So as Cardi B uh, of you know, Love and Hip Hop uh, fame, that reality show, uh, but also recently of uh, like hip hop fame. I mean, she she's got that song. Uh, I think it's Bodak Yellow, uh, which she performed at the half, and it was actually working its way up the charts. I don't know if it ever made it to number one. I think it was. I think maybe it got as high as number three or two. Anyway, song, big popular song for the summer. Cool to have her out there. Very much like an up-and-coming artist, even though she's already a public figure through the reality show. Uh, and she gets you know, some some mixed response from folks because I think there's this purported beef between her and Nicki Minaj. And everybody, I mean, so many people love Nicki Minaj. Huge star, been around a long time. So I think anybody that, claims a beef or even if it's bogus uh, thinks that there's a beef with her is probably going to get a mixed response anyway bottom line she was there performing uh, people enjoyed it and um, yeah part and parcel to this league entertainment first so uh, one of the things that uh, had come up here at the end of the season was um, that um, there were a ton of awards right like any league when you close out the year uh, you try to award rewards, excuse me, award players for uh, kicking butt, you know, kicking butt in, in every aspect of the game. So Players First League, all the honorees were uh, nominated by and voted on by the players. That's pretty cool. So uh, first off, Three-Headed Monsters, Richard Lewis got the uh, MVP. So first MVP, um, and remember, Three-Headed Monsters very early in the season lost Jason Williams uh, to his game one. I think he, he, he was injured. And so Rashard Lewis really stepped up, right? Brought that crew to the second best record in the league. And even though they lost in the end, he led the league with 170 points, um, averaged over 21 points a game, shot better than 50%, and uh, again, brought his team to the championship so really big season kudos Richard Lewis um, also the uh, team that was undefeated trilogy that won the championship had a bunch of different honors as well so Rick Mahorn was named coach of the year for shepherding his crew to the championship and um, you know he's there was not an easy path even though they're undefeated like they were down a bunch in uh, a variety of games and they showed serious uh, mental toughness and uh, composure to come back and that's pretty cool to see. Uh, Kenya Martin was uh, recognized as a player captain of the year uh, as a leader both on and off the court. Right, he uh, helped. Um, 
the big three uh, draft strategy for Trilogy, uh, helped basically construct that entire uh, season, which was something to celebrate for sure. Uh, James White got the nod for Defensive Player of the Year, and we've seen his tenacity on the court. Uh, very chippy player, playing hard, um, talking uh, to, to uh, his opponents, you know, talking some good game, talking trash. Uh, Trilogy co-captain Al Harrington uh, earned the too hard to guard title, which is, is pretty cool, right? Just uh, who's who's shaking and baking out there. And, um, you know, again, the uh, the you know, Trilogy team, you know, gets the ultimate honor, which is uh, having won the championship. I mentioned trash talking. And if you've been listening to the podcast or watching the games, you know, Steven Jackson is uh, a huge trash talker. Him and white got into it a bunch and uh, he was great. So he was named the best trash talker, which I love. That's a cool, um, that's a cool uh, award. Um, so what else was there in there? I think there was, Oh, best dressed. That was a good one, right? Catino Mobley, uh, beat out the rest of the crew for best dressed, uh, which is nice. He always had uh, pretty sweet get ups and, uh, they had just like the NBA sixth man, uh, Al Thornton got, uh, the NBA's, I'm sorry, not the NBA, the, uh, big threes fourth man award. And he's with threes company. Uh, so he, he contributed a ton off the bench all season. Uh, so I think that covers the uh, key awards out there for folks. Uh, really, just an amazing season, a lot of fun. There, there were some you know stat leaders as well. I think worth calling out. Tons of stats for the league, uh, and they really gained momentum in tracking stats over the season. But uh, a few, I think, important callouts. Reggie Evans uh, was a stat leader in four categories. So uh, playing for the Killer Threes. Total rebounds at 87, offensive rebounds at 26, field goal percentage at almost 64%, four double-doubles. Uh, Deshaun Stevenson uh, had uh, 32 three-pointers. Mike Bibby had, uh, I think it was six four-pointers, uh, and Bibby also led the league in assists with 30. I mentioned earlier Richard Lewis had the uh, scoring leader stat. Um, but also, which is a stat that I really love, is the most game-winning shots, which was four. Uh, and as we know, there's a game-winning shot at the end of every game, just based on how these games are structured, since it's points, not uh, time. Uh, although free throws aren't as exciting, it's still a game-winning shot. I don't think they're counting free throws, though, in that mix. But they may. They may be. Uh, so the other stat leaders out there, uh, let's see, there was... Um, Bonzi Wells with seven steals, Damar Johnson with uh, seven blocks, uh, along with uh, Russell Butler from the Ball Hogs with seven. Uh, mentioned the uh, field goal percentage, but not the free throw percentage. James White in there at 83%, which is nice. Um, and you know, total minutes played was another one we didn't talk about. That was 259. But go to the Big Three site. You can check out all those stats. Just Cool to see it all out there and, and also to try to get some kind of baseline for what we think is good. Uh, so that's cool. All right, so look, the league, what's next? That's the big question, right? We got the championship that happened this weekend. I think most folks saw it. Um, really exciting way to end the year. Really cool stuff. But what's coming next, right? So second season coming in 
summer of 2018. We know that's happening. We know they have a deal with Fox. We already talked about that. So, so what's the next step? I think they can learn a lot, but they've already demonstrated this desire to, to iterate rapidly. Um, that's kind of lean startup methodology, right? From the startup world, this is the, the business startup world. Like that kind of quick learning and iteration, build, measure, learn, iterate, improve, uh, is something this crew has demonstrated from day one. They changed the point total from 60 to 50 between game one and two, and they made a bunch of other tweaks throughout the season. I anticipate that they're going to make a ton more during the off season when they have a little bit more time um, to focus. So uh, I think they're going to build, and I think they're going to come back even stronger. So who you know who can possibly join the league we've talked about this before that's one major area where there can be improvement and every year there are going to be players coming out of the nba or coming out of careers overseas people like paul pierce um uh, kevin garnett gilbert arenas richard hamilton nate robinson we'd love to see in there you know stefan marbury like all these players uh, are potentials i would say for me seeing nate robinson come out there would be pretty awesome such an exciting player probably could still be in the league. Uh, you know, there's this bias against shorter players in the league right now because they can't play as many positions. And the way the NBA has gone is having basically positionless basketball. It's the same thing that Isaiah Thomas has been, uh, you know, battling, even though he is a freaking all-star dropping serious points every single game. Um, Nate Robinson, very similar in that regard. Anyway, would love to see him in there. Um, there's talk of, you know, thinking about, just coming off of the championship, like how should we treat that weekend, right? Uh, is it a uh, like an all-star weekend type of thing like the NBA? You know, like probably should be, right? Like why not have some kind of a shootout, explicit every single time, like the four-point contest, dunk contest, some other stuff, right? Like they're known for, they being the big three, known for this stuff. So um, like why not like really pack it in, right? Make it a really great entertaining weekend. I think that's what the, the league is all about, right? Uh, one thing that Mike Bibby said is, you know, we could think East Coast, West Coast, right? So uh, he was saying, think about an East Eastern team, Western team. They play on separate schedules and then they come together for the championship. That's kind of cool, right? Um, I think there was a, um, a comment about, you know, comparisons between the big three and the Harlem Globetrotters. And while I would say you could take that as a... Um, as, a, as an insult to the big three, just in that obviously the Harlem Globetrotters, while extraordinarily talented basketball players, are just playing in you know set up games against the Washington Generals, um, and they're basically pure entertainment. The competitive aspect of the big three, coupled with entertainment, does make it distinctive. However, I think there are some things they could draw from the Harlem Globetrotters, given its entertainment um, focus. So thinking about the overseas market, um, thinking about you know, both. The viewers overseas and traveling overseas, maybe teams uh, established there, uh, maybe just uh, part of the games uh, being played over there. Um, I say there, I mean globally, right? Not in the U.S. Like, how do we get some additional games out there to build a fan base? That's the question. Um, and by the way, uh, I was over at the um, this past weekend up in D.C. at the African American History Museum and was uh, in the uh, sports section and had learned something pretty cool about the Harlem Globetrotters, and that was that um, Manny Jackson, who was a, a you know, former basketball player, um, picked up the team. I think it was in like 1993, bought the team for 
uh, I, I believe it was six or seven million dollars, and uh, twelve years later ended up um, selling eighty percent stake for seventy million dollars. Huge return, building up that brand, uh, the ticket revenue, merchandising revenue, um, uh, media rights. And that's a huge windfall. I mean, really awesome, awesome uh, work, uh, Manny Jackson. But he did keep 20% of it. And I think that the the Globetrotters sold, again, it was Shamrock um, Capital Partners. It was a a large firm that bought it back in 05. And I think they um, then turned around and sold 100% of it in 2013 to a crew called uh, Hershen Family Entertainment Corporation, which runs a bunch of, like, entertainment like locations like amusement parks and things like that i think dolly parton they own dolly parton's um dixie stampede uh stone mountain park in georgia and some other venues like that anyway um lots of cool stuff there what did amy trask have to say right amy trask the ceo of the big three uh she says again piggybacking off of this idea of global presence that there's a ton of enthusiasm in in terms of viewers from around the world and they really want to capitalize on that three on three half court basketball we know is popular as a a form of like pickup here in the u.s but it's also going to be uh, introduced in the olympics we know and the ncaa talked about introducing it into the uh, uh, framework in college so that is awesome she also verified that uh, fox uh, did exercise its option right to pick up the games next season they didn't say for sure if it was going to be live or uh, again delayed but uh, but that's happening and she noted that really cool stuff and you know she also called out this distinction between what the nba is and what the big three is so she was saying that the league is very much so complementary to the NBA, not really in competition. And what they're delivering is um, competition in a different format during the summer with former NBA players to keep people excited about basketball and interested in it. Uh, they, you know, have a point there. I think she's she's made a really um, compelling you know case for uh, what's possible, and I'm super excited about the global expansion piece. Uh, also, Jeff uh, Quatnetz, one of the uh, co-founders of the league, uh, noted that um, while they have gone through some growing pains, um, you know they are going to iterate quickly. And this is exactly what I was just talking about, that, that lean startup methodology where they improve um, very fast and that they you know, didn't really know what to expect. They had a hypothesis and put that out into the world and that they're going to... Uh, make improvements on it, right? So a lot of skepticism out of the gate, but um, so much improvement throughout the season. The players improved, the format improved. Um, you know, he's getting calls all the time from former players that uh, that want to get involved, and that's what we're talking about here. Long list of players in the pipeline that can up the quality of the game, up the profile of the league, and um, help advance the ball, literally. And last but not least, when thinking about, you know, what's next for the league, of course, is Ice Cube's opinion. And, you know, he, he, had, he had noted a bunch of uh, different uh, stats about the league and, and where it's going and wanted to call out just some of those stats that are really compelling. I talked about the Fox Sports deal, but the live venue crowd 
was something to the tune of 11,000 fans per stop over the course of the uh, season, which is really, you know, solid. I mean, these are, this, that's a lot of people to show up for these games. Uh, I think it was around 400,000 viewers on Fox the first week, but then it kind of averaged out to in around 200,000, 150, you know, ballpark around that. It's a little tough though, because the games are recorded. And then at least this past season, they were uh, on uh, Sunday and then played on uh, Monday for folks to check out. So regardless of that, it was broadcast all over the world, like over 30 countries. And that happened in a really short time period, like building all of that up. So it's a known brand. Uh, clearly Ice Cube's presence there helped you know, create that, but it becomes this platform on which these guys can grow going forward. I think some of the, the quotes from Cube included saying that um, the uh, season was incredibly eye-opening and he, he had noted that, uh, quote, trying to create the market and promote a league at the same time is a pretty daunting task when you really look at it from the outside, unquote. And that is true. Like trying to do that all in such a short period of time is tough, even with this all-star team that they have uh, as a part of the league. Um, it's tough, man. Like it is, it's tough to do that all in one shot. So, um, you know, there's, I don't know, just a ton of really interesting um, possibilities when you think about the uh, the 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 downtime the 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 off season for the big three, right? What they were able to do really quickly in launching it, and then during the season was extraordinary. And so, the sky's the limit really during the off season for these guys. So, of course, I mentioned before others' opinions on who should uh, play in the league, who they want to play in the league, uh, who um, you know should be involved going forward, and you know of course. There's the players that are there right now, like Allen Iverson and whether or not he's going to, you know, continue to play. All the players, really, I think they need to, to get back with and see if they want to resign. I'm sure some will stay, some will go, uh, some will, you know, be really excited to try to grow the league. You know, who else did Cube mention that maybe some of the others didn't? Uh, Derek Fisher, Lamar Odom, uh, Keyshawn Prince, Gilbert Arenas, those are a few others that uh, he noted, of course, Kobe comes up all the time. Kobe Bryant. I just feel like Kobe's got a lot of other stuff going on right now. Uh, Lamar Odom, who I just mentioned is one where uh, I know cube has been talking to him, but, uh, cube noted that really all the folks that have tried to just, you know, come off the street and play in the league got a very quick rude awakening. You have to be in shape. You have to prepare. Uh, and just like when you were in the NBA getting ready, you have to carry that same level of discipline and um, uh, planned approach to training for the big three. Clearly, it's fewer games, but when you get out there and play, it's intense, and uh, those games are um, exhausting for a lot of these players. So every game, because it's so few games, is playoff-level intensity. So that's those are some of the, the highlights, paraphrasing um, you know, Ice Cube regarding the league. Um, and he, you know... He wants he wants good competition, and so that's why they structured the games the way that they structured them. Fourteen second shot clock that really pushes the envelope. You got to play defense. You can't slack off, um, and the games just aren't easy to play, right? And that's exactly what they want. So Ice Cube kind of closed out his 
perspective on next steps by saying that he is on a mission. And I think characterizing it that way is both deliberate and also congruent with how he's feeling. He is getting after this thing, man. He sees some traction. This is not a guy that's going to let his foot off the gas pedal. Some people might. Not Ice Cube. He's not going to do that. Not Amy Trask. Not Jeff Quatnets, not any of these players, not any of these coaches, not any of these uh, executives. This is just not going to happen. They're going to go out there and take this to the next level. So uh, I think you had noted in particular, he's going to keep his nose to the grindstone and get it done. That's what I like to hear. I'm pumped about it. Can't wait to see what's next. So that's the update for today. Uh, that's the podcast. Tons of awesome stuff in there. Really excited and just man, huge thanks right, to Ice Cube and the league for uh, putting together a great season, a great championship, tons of entertainment, and uh, also promise for the future, right? Possibilities, man. That is exciting. The anticipation is there, uh, the openness to, to different possibilities globally, live games, different players, uh, uh, different forms of entertainment, expanded uh, uh, teams, everything, like all of that. So excited to see what is next. So thanks, Cube, and everybody associated with the Big Three League. Uh, this will be the last podcast of the season. Uh, if, if stuff comes up, we'll pop up here or there uh, during the off season. You can definitely catch us as we ramp up for season two of the Big Three. Really appreciate all of you for joining us. And if you have questions, comments, you can always hit us up on social media or by email. You can find the Big Three Fan Podcast, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you do want to hit us up through one of those other channels, you can uh, follow us at the Big Three Fan Podcast on Facebook and at Big Three Fan Podcast on Twitter. Shoot our ideas our way at Big Three Fan Podcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, we'll catch you soon. So do good things and talk to you very soon.